Strange Tales. RelicRadio.com presents tales of the strange and bizarre, the weird and the wicked. Stories not necessarily of the supernatural, but of the unnatural. Join us now for Strange Tales, featuring radio drama at its most mysterious and unusual. to Strange Tales. We're going to hear from The Creaking Door this week, a South African series that aired in the 1960s. Most of the surviving episodes are from its 1964 to 1965 season, sponsored by State Express Cigarettes. Our story today is Yesterday You Died. It first aired August 31st, 1964. Express created for you. 
The taste that has made green pies the king-size cigarette of international success. Get three pies. Get the taste. Delayed somewhere talking to myself. Uh, 
leave me dead, so I went to visit a friend. Good. You've got a friend. Mary Falls. See, please, I'm... I'm tired. I'm going to fall. My sick mind. job I left for three months ago. Oh. But we're eating. The landlord's not threatening. And uh, you wore a new dress last night. I'll have that coffee now. Thanks. Oh, and my insurance is all paid up. Surprise. No arrears. <coughs> Coffee's ice cold. Well, what's the answer, Stella? I've, I've borrowed. From whom? Carl Stanley. Why does Carl care? He's your friend. Making secret loans of money to my wife? I wanted the loans. Because to, to save your pride. You resent people you're obligated to. Even then. Now try again, Stella. Why? What is secret? To avoid this, this inquisition. Your brooding mistrust of a simple act of kindness. The search for hidden motives where there aren't any. <laughs> To avoid this insulting third degree. My friend Carl and Stella's lover. I knew the other man now. I went to thank Carl for favors received. Doctor Carl. In like this. I had a dream about your... A dream? Uh, that you were a cat and that you'd swallowed me. 
<laughs> You're not laughing? No. I never laugh at uh, symptoms. Oh, but you are laughing behind that cat's smile. There's a laugh going. Steve, you're in a bad way. I didn't come here for a consultation, Doctor. You came to attack me? Why? Being careless about money. So you know about the loans? I found out about them. You've been keeping me alive for months. You're my friend. So you own me and Stella. We're in pawn to you. You've always put things badly, Steve. And what's the analysis for that? Since you ask, insecurity. You can't accept kindnesses for what they are. Your anxieties interfere. Now I also owe you a fee. I'm not your physician, Steve. Nor could I be. I'm your friend. My wife's friend. Your friend. We were together once, and it was good. Steve, Steve, let's go back to those days. Where where were we before, Carl? Mountain climbing. A log fire and a pipe full of talk before we turned in. Ah, remember Devil's Peak. Oh, what a climb. Let's go back to it, Steve. You still own that mountain cabin? Just as we left it. And the season is officially open. Let's go back to it, Steve. All right. Let's go back to it, Carl. We went back to it. It was open season, officially, for hunting deer. And unofficially, for murder. <laughs> An accidental fall with a push from behind to help, then 4,000 feet to smash against the boulder. For an accidental rifle bullet intended for a deer. Hello, Steve! Hello! Steve! Where are you? Hello, here! Oh, Steve, did I shoot anything? My hat. Your, your hat? But I'm bareheaded. I didn't wear my hat. I hung it up over there on the branch of that tree. A bullseye cow. It would have torn my head off. How did you jump to hang your hat on the branch? How did you come to shoot? There was a movement in the bush and then a shadow dropping a sun. A deer, I thought. Steve. Steve, what is this? Come out in the open. If I had, I'd be dead. You dare! You dare! Uh, uh, Steve! Uh, Steve! Uh, Steve! Uh, Steve! Uh, Steve! Steve! Uh, uh, Steve! 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 Why did you come? To watch my murder, to enjoy it. <laughs> to see you make the kill and lose it. <laughs> to see that cat smile freeze on your mouth. The way it's freezing now. Steve, you're mad. Goodbye, Carl. Let's try it again some other time. Some other time, Carl. <laughs> was mine. Two deaths, Stella and Carl. And a perfect alibi for the engineer. <laughs> <laughs>
a perfect alibi so that I would live and tend their grave. Get three fives. Get the taste. Three fives by State Express. Get the taste of international success. The taste of uniquely three fives. Only when no expense is spared in its making can a cigarette taste so light, so smooth, so satisfying. Three fives. Get the taste. The taste that State Express created for you. The taste that has made three fives the king-size cigarette of international success. Get three fives. Get the taste. United Airlines, I want to reserve a flight ticket to Glasgow. Tonight's plane. It's got to be seven tonight. I've got urgent business. Ah, good. Steve Barrett, 27 Sand Street, Kensington. Flight 11. Thank you. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. Um, how long to Glasgow? Uh, the plane lands at 10 p.m. Good. Uh, thanks again. Ticket office, another airport, a competing airline, the Bristow Airline. But I wasn't Steve Barrett at this airport ticket office. A prop moustache, face puffed out with wads of cotton stuck between my gums and cheeks, wax pencil lines to age the face and change it. <laughs> Old amateur theatrical paying off. Yes, sir. Uh, a ticket for Glasgow, please, for the 8 p.m. flight tonight. Yeah, one moment, please. Oh, yes, sir. available. Flight 76. Sam Talbot. I live at Guildford in Surrey. What time do we land? The plane lands at 11 p.m. on ship. Stop at number three was the Black Arrow Cafe to talk a man into hiring out for a job. Get on a United Airlines plane for Glasgow tonight, promptly at 7. You're me, Steve Barrett. On the plane, you mind your own business, attract no more attention than necessary, go to sleep with a newspaper on your face. What do I do? On it? landing at 10 p.m., you telephone this telegram to my wife. Stella, just arrived, Glasgow, concerning newspaper job. Yes, and so on and so on. Phone it in promptly, as close to 10 p.m. as you can. And then lose yourself, take a train somewhere. And then. You've murdered your wife, and you're in the clear with a perfect alibi. What's my cut of the inch? 
<laughs> oh, quit rolling your eyes, Governor. Your scheme is now to work out, you know. Oh, I've forgotten the terror, too. Was it true? Oh, yeah, I'm sure you forgot. I've forgotten the terror, It wasn't really you and day. <clears throat> you know your instructions. Oh, yeah, I know something else, too. Something else? This perfect murder's been a long time etching with you. That's why you made inquiries about me. Well, of course. You've been weeks trying to find a spit bloke like me. All right, Governor. I'm your boy now. But you're my boy, too. So long, Governor. I'll be reading about you in the newspapers. Had the perfect murder for Stella's insurance been a long time hatching with me? Had McCabe, a perfect stranger, reached deeper into my mind than I dared and... Keller and Carl had crossed wires only one week ago. My motive to kill, my reason for revenge was only one week old. I was in Carl's apartment at 6 p.m. sharp waiting for him. We shared rooms once before my marriage to Stella. I knew Carl had it. Home at 6 to shave before dinner out and his evening consultation. that I'm not using a rifle. You're here to murder me? No, I'm going to murder Stella. Through you, Steve. Get hold of your... No consultation, Doctor. I owe you too much already. Do just as I say. As you say, Steve. Please drink it. Hmm. A lipstick, initial cigarette case, face handkerchief. Uh, mementos left by Stella in her rendezvous here with you. Scatter them about the room, Carl. Oh, one in a dressing table drawer. One carelessly here, one there. Steve, you're mistaken. Believe me. Scatter them, Carl. Good. Now there on the table. Ah, the pencil and paper. Your personal stationery. Now write as I dictate and write in a scrawl, Carl. No penmanship. Ready now? Ready. Stella Barrett shot me. We quarreled. I wanted to end our affair. That's all, Carl. Drop your pencil. <laughs> Stella shot you and left. But you weren't dead or not at once. A breath of life was left just enough to name your murderer. Steve, Steve, I swear it. There was nothing between your wife and me. Only concern for you. Concern enough to plot to murder me. Steve, it's only in your mind. Some morbid idea that but you... I overheard. You... You overheard? Your telephone talk with Stella a week ago. Mm. <laughs> you got your wires crossed, Carl. <laughs> I was on that line calling home. I dialed home and heard myself sentenced to death. Steve, there never was such a telephone call. The night you met Stella at the Cafe Creole... You've forgotten, Carl. I've never been in a catty creole, not once in my life. It, it's just something you've invented. You've just plucked it out of the ether. It, it won't work, Carl. You, you can't mix me up. Steve. Steve. Listen to reason. Try. I'm trying to hang on to what I know. It, it's a 
minute after six, Carl. I'm here murdering you, but at the moment I'm in a plane 10,000 feet in the air flying to Glasgow. That's what I know. Oh, I want to know. <laughs> You'll have sterile all to yourself when she's hanged for your murder. Don't keep no more. arm against the floor where he'd fallen to break his wristwatch, fix the time of his death at two minutes past six. I was on a plane to Glasgow as alias Sam Talbot of Guildford, Surrey, at 8 p.m. sharp. <laughs> Sam Talbot was a man with a moustache and a pudgy face, no resemblance to me. My crime had the finesse that makes murder an art of bungling. Two deaths, Carl and Stella, and a perfect alibi for the engineer. A perfect alibi so that I could live a night's sleep with my name on a Glasgow hotel register, then a routine application for the newspaper job to cover my trip, and I was back in London late afternoon the next day. The city was full of the sensational arrest of Lieutenant Stella was caught in the toils, murder and the supreme penalty. Her death was only a question of time now, only time. Later, I saw Stella, by permission of the authorities, we sat in a stone room. This time it was different. I was her executioner now, but her eyes on me were... Were eyes of pity. You've been clever, Steve. They'll convict me and put me to death, I know. But I don't care. I want it to be like that. You, you want it to be like that, you say? I'll die. And be dead to pain. But you live alive to pain. I wouldn't have it any other way. You're getting what, what you deserve to get. You must think that because you're insane, Steve. Huh? I never realized I must think what I know to be so. You know only what your insanity invents. I'm sorry for you. Huh? You're sorry for me? <laughs> You're sorry for me? <laughs> Words and tricks. With words, Stella was trying to unnerve me, steal my victory by making me suspect my own motives, suspect my sanity, as Carl had tried to do. An act, and I wasn't fooled. Stella was an actress, the same actress she was when I married her. The public prosecutor was the final ordeal. Another attempt to steal my victory. Now, this perfect alibi, Barrett. You really think you're going to put it across? I was in Glasgow when Carl Stanley was murdered. I cabled my wife. Oh, we know all that. We also know that you murdered Carl Stanley in a scheme to implicate your wife. I was in Glasgow. I left at 7 p.m. before the murder of Carl Stanley. I was 10,000 feet in the air when Carl Stanley was murdered. I arrived in Glasgow at 10 p.m. I immediately wired my wife. A very good memory, Barrett, but it won't save you. Do what you like to me. Question me. Use every trick you can, but my alibi stands. I was in Glasgow. I left at 7 p.m. before the murder of Carl Stanley. I was 10,000 feet in the air. All right, all right. And supposing I was to tell you something even odder than that. Tell me what? 
Now, you're right here now, reciting your perfect alibi. But you're not here. You're dead. Now, you died yesterday. I died yesterday? Uh, yesterday's 7 p.m. flight to Glasgow on United Airlines, uh, flight 11, was never completed. The plane crashed. See you. our strange tale for this week you can find more from the creaking door at relicradio.com alongside past episodes of strange tales all the other podcasts and thousands of other old-time radio episodes and our shoutcast stream lots to listen to all for free thanks to your support if you'd like to help out visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website and thank you as always to those who have helped out and thanks for joining me today be back next Sunday with another episode of Relic Radio's Strange Tales.